Have you ever wondered where wedding traditions come from? People are always looking for ways to be unique while celebrating an age-old tradition of matrimony. Enter the idea of jumping the broom. But where did that idea come from? Find out today on Footnoting History. Welcome to Footnoting History. My name is Leslie Skousen, and today I am going to tell you a wild tale about the evolution of a minor wedding ritual, jumping the broom. A few months ago, I had the chance to attend the wedding of some friends of mine. They had a small outdoor wedding with flowers and a simple white dress. There was music and food and teeny tiny flower girls. But at the end of the ceremony, after they had read their handwritten vows to each other, the officiant placed a broom on the floor in front of them. They held hands as husband and wife and jumped into a new life together. I had read about jumping the broom before. Many couples today practice this tradition as a way of inserting a level of counterculturalism into their marriage. It is a way of honoring slave life and remembering thousands upon thousands of weddings performed among friends of marrying slaves. Their weddings were not recognized legally. Often, slave-owning families would forbid their slaves to marry and even threatened to sell one half of the couple should they marry without the owner's consent. And so, instead of a church marriage, slaves practiced an old ritual of jumping the broom. By jumping together in front of loved ones, the couple jumped into a new world, together, from individuals into a married unit. The broom swept their separate past identities away as the two became one. It's rather romantic. And it is no surprise to me that people hoping to insert a little individuality to their wedding would choose to use this subversive tradition. African-American couples acknowledge a complex past of struggle and perseverance. White or interracial couples similarly honor the long history of American laws forbidding certain groups from marrying each other. After all, interracial couples could not marry until the landmark Supreme Court case of Loving versus Virginia in 1967. Before that, the traditions of Jim Crow that had defined an interracial marriage as any union between a white person and another person of at least one-eighth Negro, Japanese, or Chinese blood, in the words of one Kansas law. Before the Emancipation Proclamation, slaves were not afforded legal standing in most jurisdictions, and so could not enter into a contract on their own. Therefore, all slave marriages were works of fiction before the law, standing only in the casual eyes of the plantation community. Marriage can be an enormous challenge, even when your union has been recognized by local laws. The fear of separation must have been great for those whose marriages were not considered legal. Having a sense of community and ceremony was just one small way of fighting against that lack of recognition. But where did the tradition of physically jumping over a broom come from? The author of the best-selling book and miniseries, Roots, implied that it was a tradition invented by slaves. Cut apart from the institution of marriage, they forged ahead with their own traditions. Slaves did not accept their condition wholesale, after all. Works describing subversive singing, religious rituals, and even silent resistance can be found throughout the records of slave economies. Feigning illness, breaking tools, and covering for friends allowed slaves to slow the work down and reduce profits for their abusive owners. So perhaps jumping the broom was an extension of that level of resistance. No marriage, no problem. But that's not all. Historian Harriet Cole suggests that it might be an African tradition itself, 
carried over by kidnapped slaves, and passed on to their children born on a slave plantation. Cole cites a tradition in South Africa whereby a new bride ceremoniously and carefully sweeps the courtyard of her new home, symbolizing her willingness to participate in the housework while living with her new husband's parents, a living situation that would endure until her husband could afford to set up their own living situation. Historian Danita Green has revealed that, similarly, in Ghana, wedding ceremonies incorporate brooms by sweeping the air around a married couple. This broom sweeps away all evil spirits so that community elders may bless the union without fear of poisoning the young couple's future family or threatening their fertility. Yet sweeping a courtyard focused on wifely duties and sweeping evil spirits from the air was more about religious purity than a couple jumping physically into a new life together. Perhaps one or more such traditions inspired the physical jumping of a broom, but the African parallels are not quite perfect. What's really interesting is that there is a subversive tradition outside of the United States that talks explicitly about jumping the broom, but it isn't from Africa. It's from England. We find elements of jumping over brooms and stepping across brooms in newlywed doorways of early modern England and Scotland. Brooms were symbols of witchcraft, and accusations of witchcraft experienced a spike around the Reformation. The dozens of new Christian sects from the Reformation led to arguments and fears over what constituted a genuine spiritual belief in God or the devil on one hand, and what was more superstition or even witchcraft on the other. Stepping over a broom, therefore, could be seen as a way of stepping over evil spirits and rejecting witchcraft in the new home, very similar to the African tradition in Ghana. This assumes that the phrase stepping over a broom actually referred to the physical act of stepping or jumping. But there is some evidence that this might not have been a physical action at all. The broomstick's very shape was a phallic symbol to the Shakespearean-era audiences. Jumping or stepping across a broom may actually have been a euphemism for sexual intercourse outside the bonds of marriage. Sayings about young maids leaving broomsticks around imply a fear of premarital pregnancy. The Scottish and English traditions seem to use the phrase jumping the broom as a way to denote non-traditional unions, ranging from cohabitation, bastard births, or even the concubine of an ordained priest, living as though married. Such couples jumped the broom instead of standing in a church before God and family. No broom needed. If early modern England used the phrase jumping the broom to indicate an illegitimate union, was there ever a physical jumping of the broom to inspire the phrase? Possibly. During the early modern period, half a dozen laws were passed in England alone, hoping to deal with the burgeoning population of Egyptians, or gypsies, Roma people. For centuries, Roma marriages have stood outside of local laws, and it is here, rejecting central authority, where the physical stepping over a broom can be found. Gypsy families posted a broom at the entry of a house in order to prevent the entry of witches, evil spirits, and dark magic. New Roma families would not go to a Church of England ceremony, of course, but they would make a special broom for a married couple to step over ceremonially before residing in their new home. For the English, Roma people signified the foreign and strange arriving on England's shores. In order to establish English traditions as the preferred method, all unorthodox marriages were referred to in the gypsy manner as unions jumping the broom, 
figuratively as they made their way to Gretna Green or simply began to cohabitate without following the local traditions of matrimony. Fast forward a few centuries across the Atlantic Ocean, we have the descendants of the early modern English folk settling in North America and engaging in a slave economy. Non-traditional unions that were not recognized by local laws might be referenced in casual conversation as a couple jumping the broom. As house slaves overhear this common euphemism, an idea is born. If slave owners forbid slaves from being married in a church or before the law, why not take the slave owner's own traditions and jump a broom themselves? Embrace this tradition and turn the culture of slave owner into a method of empowering slave families and ensuring long-standing traditions of matrimony, love, and family. And so we have a very different story, not one of African traditions carried over and reformed within the institution of slavery. There are plenty of traditions and religions that follow that narrative, many of which are presented in stunning detail in Jim Sweet's excellent book, Recreating Africa. Instead, with Jumping the Broom, we have a series of groups co-opting the tradition of another group, first with the Roma people refusing to participate in English or Scottish laws, second by English people using the Roma tradition as a way to mock others for having non-traditional unions, third by carrying this idea of cohabitation or premarital sex into the new world, fourth through the adoption of this countercultural method by slaves who were legally barred from making the free choice of spouse for themselves and fifth in the modern adoption of jumping the broom as people get married in the 21st century what amazes me about the story of this unconventional wedding tradition is that it has been so often co-opted and redefined roma people and african slaves used it as a way to find legitimacy in a culture that rejected them and their own traditions. Anglican English, Presbyterian Scottish, and slave-owning American people used it as a way to denote an unacceptable or non-traditional romantic union. The dynamics of power here allowed a marriage tradition to challenge dominant norms multiple times over hundreds of years. And now, even today, my white friends jumped over a broom to symbolize both their legal union and their nonconformist relationship. In this way, jumping the broom can belong to anyone who wishes to add a subversive element to the tradition-heavy life event of a marriage. This has been Footnoting History. If you like the podcast, be sure to visit our website, footnotinghistory.com, where you can find links to further reading suggestions related to this week's episode, as well as a calendar of upcoming podcasts. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at History Footnote. Until next time, remember, the best stories are always in the footnotes. See you next week!